0: Please join us every week for a new episode of Understanding the Human Condition with Dr. James Flowers. Dr. Flowers and his most admired mentors, respected colleagues and VIP guests will share valuable insight into underlying health causes, conditions and issues. For more information about Jay Flowers Health Institute and its concierge services, go to jflowershealth.com or dial 713 783 6655 and be sure to mention this podcast.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Understanding the Human Condition. I'm your host, Dr. James Flowers, and this is my lovely co host, Robin French. Hey, Dr. Flowers. How are you?
2: I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm great. Happy fourth, post fourth weekend. Oh,
2: yeah. Did you have a good weekend?
1: I had a great weekend I went out of town and it was nice good weather as you can all see by my sunburn yeah but it was a great weekend how about you
2: awesome well you know I had a full weekend I (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't call it fun but it was full you had a full weekend (laughs) I did indeed and we have a special guest today our very own
3: Dr. Cesar Cervezo how are you Hello. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for the invitation. So happy to be here. Yeah, glad super glad you that on. you had time to
1: join us. Of I know course. you're super busy at the of office course. and this was a great afternoon to do this. So thank you. Yes.
3: Yeah. And we really
2: wanted to talk about the ripple effects of trauma yeah. and you being our very own trauma therapists. Um, this would be a great time to share what everybody's wanting to know more about. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do that, yeah. Well, first, let's talk about your accent, though. Of course, of <laughs> course. I knew I, I you, your right. accent.
3: Yeah, so I'm, I'm originally from from Argentina. Yeah. I was born and raised in, in Argentina. Uh, I was joking earlier that I've been working on this accent for 40-something years. Yes, exactly. so, yeah, I said, how much
2: is it, and you said yeah, a lot.
3: Yes, <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah. That's, that's where the accent comes well, from. And so what brought you to Houston? Well, I initially came to Houston about 10 years ago. There was an opportunity. um, So uh, I'm a clinical social worker. But before becoming a social worker, I I was teaching. I have a PhD. I I was doing research uh, on political violence. And so I originally came to Houston because there was a teaching opportunity, and that was in okay. my my previous life, uh-huh. a little bit of my previous life, and we can, we can I can tell you more yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's that's the reason why. But before living in coming to Houston, I uh, lived in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, I lived in Bloomington, Indiana. Wow! Uh, so I've been in the states for twenty-one years already. Yeah. So that's.
2: So let's tell the, the audience about your education, a little bit about your background. Yes,
3: there. yes, what I'd love to talk about that. So originally in Argentina, I was working as a, as a reporter. I, I was working for a newspaper, uh, working on political human rights issues. There was a point in time in Argentina there was a dictatorship. Mm-hmm. And I grew up during this uh, seven year long dictatorship. Um, that ended in 1983. Mm-hmm. So during the 1990s, there were uh, human rights trials going on, and working for this newspaper, I, I I I got to cover that. And as a result of my work as a as a reporter, I won a fellowship that brought me uh, originally to New York City. I went to NYU, mm-hmm. and I was living in New York City during 9/11. Mm. Uh, and this is all related to trauma. That's also yeah. why I, I'm, I'm I'm saying this. Um, from so you were
1: living in New York City during 9/11. I was
3: okay. living in New York City during during 9/11. Uh, uh, so I that day uh, I was about to begin uh, an internship mm-hmm. with with a newspaper. So I, I was doing a ma- masters degree at NYU, and uh, it was already planned. Uh, and I remember walking back to the apartment, and I was living within walking distance of the Twin Towers. And I remember wow. seeing them on fire. Mm. And <coughs> I, I went to, to to the newspaper. I went to the newsroom, and I said, i um, can I go? I, I would like to go." And they said, "Yes, go. You can go." Mm-hmm. And so I basically remember I had a notepad. And I was walking down Sixth uh, Avenue, uh, and I got really close to the Twin Towers. It was a very uh, painful, surreal experience of people. I mean, the, the, sometimes when we talked about trauma, or when people used to talk about trauma, they used this idea of shell shock, the people who were coming from war. So that was really, it was people in shock. Sure. Um, it, it, and I... Myself was mm-hmm. also in shock. Sure. Uh, so that, that, that was mm-hmm. the beginning of my uh, work on, on trauma. I became interested in how people can recover from this. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. the, the, some of the survivors of human rights abuses that I met in Argentina when I was mm-hmm. working as a reporter, the people who died... Uh, and the people who survive, how do mm-hmm. they make sense of that? How do people make sense of the things that, that happened to them, the things that they've done to, to each other?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, so that took me to Bloomington, Indiana, when uh, I, at point, I was writing a doc- doctoral dissertation and doing qualitative research with survivors of um, people who had been detained, in clandestine detention centers in Argentina, yeah. people who have been tortured, uh, mm. raped. Uh, and then, so th- that was the beginning of my approach to, to trauma, mm-hmm. uh, making sense of pain and how people yeah. can recover from, from pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Psychic pain, psychological pain, mm-hmm. suffering, really. Yeah.
1: So, how long was it between the time of the Twin Towers collapsing and the time you went back to do your social work degree?
3: So we are talking about. uh, So I was doing my dissertation. So probably about ten years. Ten years years of doing research and interviewing people and writing, uh, publishing some articles. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a fulfilling experience. Yet at some point, I, I wanted to do more, and I, and I, I wanted to. I think that as a historian, I got really close to pain, the experience of being with someone who is in pain, Mm -hmm. but also with that came the feeling of, how can I really help this person Mm -hmm. right now? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to write a book, I'm going to write an article, but how can I help this person who is crying in front of me, breaking down, Mm -hmm. not being able to make Mm -hmm. sense of what happened to them? So there was a lot about this. I don't have all the tools that I need. Mm -hmm. And so that took me to... uh, Social work, University of Houston, working with initially, I work with homeless uh, people who were diagnosed with HIV and AIDS. Uh, and then from that, I work with uh, people with advanced cancer uh, and then with young adults with personality disorders.
1: Yeah. So, with all of that background and your own trauma, right, experiencing trauma even on 9 11, what kind of work have you done? And how, what's the importance of doing your own work for your own trauma and the effect of working and burnout?
3: That, that is very important. Yeah. I mean, uh, we talked about a secondary traumatization. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone who comes into contact with, with trauma, whether you're a therapist or, or not, you're going to be. Mm-hmm. This is the ripple effect of trauma, really. Trauma, we, there are two things. Whatever happened, And then how people are coping with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And us seeing uh, people who have experienced trauma, and some of them have experienced trauma for years. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: uh, And some of them, they never talked about trauma. Mm -hmm. And when all that comes up, it is difficult not not to feel that pain. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it it is a very important part of whoever works uh, on trauma. To be able to, a little bit, to role model what you mm-hmm. do exactly, mm-hmm. what you tell your patient, your client to do. Mm-hmm. It, it's about and for us. Also, supervision is very important. And self-care is really important. And being able to monitor ourselves. And some of the trauma that we see, or probably most, I would say, of the trauma that we see, happens in the context of interpersonal relationships. Mm-hmm. So... Trauma work, important part of trauma work, happens in the context of my relationship as a clinician, as a therapist, mm-hmm. with the trauma survivor. Mm-hmm. So it is important that I take care of me because at mm-hmm. some point, this relationship is going to play a very important role right. in someone else recovering from, from trauma.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure, exactly. You know, speaking of going from New York and the talking about the nine eleven tragedy in the buildings, uh, there was recently, just a couple of weeks ago, the building collapsed yes. in Florida. Yes. And there were people. It was one thirty in the morning. People in the building, half of the building or more, collapsed and left part of it standing. There was trauma, obviously, from the people falling. The families around the world. They were traumatized, seeing yeah. it on the news mm-hmm. over and over and over again, wondering what their life, if their loved ones were alive or dead and then now the second part of the building being demolished on July 4th, Mm. and people were even traumatized because their animals were in the building, and they wouldn't let them go in and get the animals out of the building. Talk about the trauma and the ripple effects from just that Florida incident that we've just experienced. Yes.
3: So part of it is really there are a lot of reminders that we might have. I was talking about the Twin Towers mm-hmm. before, so I think that and before that Oklahoma bombing. So uh-huh. the, the idea that that can happen and, and and we we tend to make these these associations, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we have access because of media, Twitter, uh, anything else, we can. O- Almost be there as things are happening. Mm -hmm. So there is something to, and that is quite new, I mean, Mm -hmm. or or quite recent. uh, Before someone else experiencing something like this in Buenos Aires, Mm -hmm. I would find out, but I wouldn't Mm -hmm. necessarily be able to see and follow that uh, in real time. So there is the experience of that. And with that, I also a major difference with most of the trauma that we see is that that particular one in in Florida is sort of an impersonal trauma. Mm-hmm. You cannot there, there was you cannot blame someone else, particularly some other person, for what happened. And I'm going to compare that to childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. So if your father is sexually abusing you. That's an that's an interpersonal trauma. Mm-hmm. And and there is an attachment bond that is real and the person who is supposed to take care of you is at the same time the person who is sexually or physically mm-hmm. abusing you. Mm-hmm. What happened in Florida is different. It's it's a different kind of trauma. It is also important to to say that some some people not necessarily are going to develop a trauma right. disorder. Uh, in fact, many people can recover from trauma on, on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there is the other part of the people who are doing the work of rescuing the the, the, the reporters, who the are covering responder. that, the yeah. first responder. Everybody else who is impacted, mm-hmm. I mean, even people from Argentina, I know that they are following the news because there were some Argentinians mm-hmm. who are living or, or were happy to be in this very same building right. at the time when, when it collapsed. So th- there is the ripple effect of trauma, mm-hmm. and and that is really yeah. what we we are always looking into as mm-hmm. as clinicians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's about what happened, and then the ripple effect effect of this trauma over time to to the person, mm-hmm. to the family system. Uh, intergenerational trauma mm-hmm. is something also that we talked about a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So it's a.
1: What are what should families look for uh, in a loved one that may have experienced trauma in the in the past? Uh, what what are signs of trauma, and what should uh, moms, dads, loved ones look for in family members? Yeah,
3: that's 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 a very important question, yeah. and there are there are four things that that people should be uh, paying attention to. Mm-hmm. So number one is. People who are, who are experiencing, who have experienced one or more uh, traumatic events and people who tend to develop what we call post-traumatic stress disorder, uh-huh. number one, they are going to be reliving the memories of what happened to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are going to keep coming up. Although they try to push them down, anyway they are going to keep coming up, mm-hmm. and that is number two: the pushing down anyway, mm-hmm. the avoidance. Uh, even sometimes it means avoidance of people and places that are going to remind you of the trauma that you experienced at a certain point in in your life. Mm. The other one is about more about behaviors. Uh, you're going to see a lot of hyper-vigilance, a lot of anger that you don't know necessarily where it might be coming from, okay. and difficult to to, to uh, There are triggers that some people are going to be able to see, but may or may not be related mm-hmm. to to the trauma. Mm-hmm. And then there is another one that's more about the thoughts. What we, the, the person who has been traumatized, what they think about themselves. Mm-hmm a lot of shame and and guilt, I am broken. Uh, This happened because I, I, I somehow I I, I deserve it. Mm. Maybe I have done something in the past. So all of these things are, are coming up. So what we are talking about here is a person for for whom it's going to be very difficult to feel that anything uh, around you really matters it's mm-hmm. going to be difficult for you to love and to be able to take care of others mm-hmm. it's going to be mm-hmm. able to get a, a sense of who you are and your identity and 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 and, and get into romantic or mm-hmm. a, a, a develop i'm not talking about just romantic relationships but they the ability to develop friendships and be able to trust mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we are going through trauma, our brain is going to, uh, our brain is very sensitive. And mm-hmm. so our brain is going to adapt to okay. that. And, and this is a normal reaction. Uh, th- we're going back to the idea that that when there are, in certain situations, there is a fight, flight or freeze. Mm-hmm. This is really how our brain is going to work. But for people who have been traumatized, yeah. they tend to the brain tends to get stuck in that. That that's the survival brain. Mm-hmm. And the work of therapy is really on the one hand paying attention to the survival brain. Even in therapy, when I'm when I'm seeing a client, what is the body language? How mm-hmm. is this person reacting to some of the things that I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then the other part is really nurturing the other the other brain, the living brain, the brain who is still looking and hoping to find the connection, the the resilient uh, part of mm-hmm. that person that has not been damaged by by the trauma. Mm. Yeah. Now, do women react to trauma differently than men? That, that that's a very interesting question. And really, what we know is that women experience a different type of trauma. Not necessarily mm. that they react. Different, they tend to report the same symptoms. I and mean, in DSM-5, the uh, guidebook that we mm-hmm. use in order to diagnose uh, mm-hmm. uh, people with um, post-traumatic stress disorder, mm-hmm. th- there are a certain number of symptoms that you have to meet. But really what we see is that women, they tend to experience what some people call high impact trauma, this is the the trauma of sexual abuse, and -hmm. women are much more exposed than men to this type of trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, for example, we know that one in four girls, one in four girls, uh, are going to be sexually abused before the age of 17. Mm -hmm. Men, it's one in 20. Wow. So that is something to to really to keep in mind. We also know wow. that it's important to pay attention to the trauma that happens during childhood. Uh, that is a trauma that is going to very likely going to have long-lasting consequence throughout the life lifespan of these particular person th- throughout their their lives. It, that is the type of trauma that that really we we need to pay attention to, and also we know. Um, that there are certain populations who are more likely to develop what we call complex trauma. Mm -hmm. This is sort of an ongoing, uh, not not part of the DSM-5 also. Mm -hmm. Uh, So which are the populations that we need to pay attention to? One is male survivors of sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are more likely to develop complex trauma. Uh, LGBTQI youth. Homeless individuals, uh, people who have been for, uh, who have experienced ongoing, repeated uh, trauma. Hmm. So sometimes we're talking about trauma events, one thing happened. Florida, Mm -hmm. um, someone pointed a a gun at me. These are sort of one event, we're talking about just one event, but the type of complex trauma, the, the very significant trauma that we see many times, is the trauma that happens over time, and certain populations are more likely to be exposed to this type of violence, mm-hmm. uh, the fear of death. How do uh, children and
2: adolescents react to, to trauma? Do they, is it different than being an adult?
3: Yes, it is different. Oh. Children are severely impacted by by trauma. Children are severely impacted by trauma. That that doesn't have to be underestimated. I think when when we think about uh, trauma and trauma disorders, sometimes we think about uh, people coming back from from a war, and. Um, this is really how we, in in the 1970s, we became aware that there was something that we today uh-huh. call post-traumatic stress disorder. A group of Vietnam veterans, at that point it was called post-Vietnam Sy- syndrome. And this is how it made it into the DSM-5 in 1980 as an official diagnosis, the diagnosis of post-traumatic stress disorder. But really what We see, and it is important to continue paying attention to that and also uh, the trauma that is happening to children. Right now, uh, Child Protective Services is receiving about 3 million per year, I'm talking about per year, 3 million reports Mm -hmm. of childhood sexual abuse or neglect Mm -hmm. or any other form of severe abuse. So just imagine that, 3 million reports per year. Do you think that was happening all
2: along and people just weren't talking about it before? What's your thoughts on that?
3: It's hard to say. I think that, that people are, we are becoming more and more aware okay. uh, that there is something called trauma, mm-hmm. that it is important to, uh, that, that, that it is not a sign of weakness if it happened to you, mm-hmm. uh, that it can happen to anyone. There are probably we have more resources to be able to report when something like that happens. There is mm-hmm. more awareness. Yep. Certainly, I mean that that that's a, might be part of the picture that we see right now. We have more ways to uh, keep track the, the 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 trauma that. But really, the trauma has been around forever sure. too. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's only um, that
1: we. Came
3: mm-hmm. away and, and we're recognizing were, it Right. More. right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: What are some of the new uh, trauma research findings that you're seeing right now in research? The, this would require another podcast yeah. in itself.
3: <laughs> it is a very exciting time for anyone uh, working on, on trauma. Uh, it is very, very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably like never before, there have been uh, so many people working on trauma. But I would like to say three, four, or maybe five areas that we need to continue sort of paying attention to. And these are the areas where we are going to see um, what people are doing research at some point is going to impact the care that mm-hmm. we provide. So. One very very exciting and sort of brand new it's it's the use of psychedelics mm-hmm. to treat trauma sure uh, so this is one where even people like uh, van der Kolk who is one of the leading experts mm-hmm. on, on trauma have been working on that The other one is sort of neurobiological research mm-hmm. really what we are knowing more and more and more is really how um, abuse and neglect uh, impact our brain and how trauma therapy can help create new pathways Mm -hmm. uh, and activate different areas of of our brain. Together with that, also we're paying a lot of attention to biology and brain is connected to our nervous Mm -hmm. system, so we are looking more into people like uh, Porges. um, the polyvagal uh, yeah. system and theory, really how the going back to the five fi- or freeze, mm-hmm. how that that mm-hmm. is, and then the other one, uh, mindfulness. I mm-hmm. mean, we th- this is the way. Really, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, uh, tai chi, uh, meditation, mindfulness, mm-hmm. drumming. These are the ways in which people sort of were taking care of the trauma when Mm -hmm. clinicians were not around. Mm -hmm. And we are seeing, I mean, we're paying a lot of attention to the connection between mind and and body, brain and body. Uh, And this is is Mm -hmm. sort of very, very exciting. Mm -hmm. And then the other part of going more into traditional therapies, couples therapy, intergenerational family system dynamics, Mm -hmm. really looking into... How trauma is being reproduced across generations yes. or in relationships, so that also plays a very significant role in the work that that, mm-hmm. that we are doing. Mm.
1: Are you doing any EMDR work? I'm
3: um, not right mm-hmm. now, but we do. Yep. We do Aj mm-hmm. Flowers. Yes, yep. Absolutely. Th- that that has been one of the sort of the uh, well-known interventions mm-hmm. for for trauma. Mm-hmm. It works. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah.
1: Well, something you right. are doing is—is is you have an upcoming project that you're working on with leading trauma experts in the field of trauma. Yes, yes. Tell, tell everyone yes. about that.
3: I'm, I'm I'm very excited about it. So I'm I'm about to begin in a couple of weeks, a seven-month-long training with some of the leading experts on on trauma. I mean, it's, it's, it's just awesome. a just a unique opportunity uh-huh. to work with the people who are the very beginning of our understanding of trauma back to in the early 1980s and the people who are today doing the research that is going to lead to new therapies. So just to be around these people and, and to get to talk with them to get to see them to get to learn from them that's great. it is it is a unique unique experience i'm i'm very excited about it it's a you can tell yes, yeah. yes. you're doing it in person even. or zoom it's going to be zoom you yeah. know so it's going to be okay. zoom yes that's an, another thing that you couldn't probably get all of these people into the same room Yeah, sure. they're, they're yeah that's true they're, exactly. they're yeah. very busy they they live uh not only here in the states some of them live abroad mm-hmm. so just that's to get so them cool. all of them yes yeah. it's a uh, I am so is it
2: possible that someone had trauma, but didn't realize that they had trauma, and then it just kind of bubbles up mm-hmm. one day? I mean, I remember we had a patient that mm-hmm. um, she just woke up one night with anxiety, mm-hmm. and is it because she probably had trauma and w- wasn't addressed, and it just bubbles up, and... Yeah,
3: that, yeah. that, that, that possible, I mean...
1: Yeah, tr- I don't remember the case, but... Yeah, just, it just happened possible. out of the blue, yeah. you know, in, in
3: the 50s, and... Yeah, and I, and I think probably if that happened also, it, I would say that it is because that person was in an environment us mm-hmm. that allowed for that person to feel safe enough mm. that then not only that that person experienced that, but then right. came to the office and said, you know, this happened this morning. I mm-hmm. woke up mm-hmm. and now I'm I'm, I, I'm having all of these feelings that I I I, I, I was not aware. Mm-hmm. So I think that part of it again is really what happens during the trauma and then what happens to people after the trauma. Yeah. And who mm-hmm. are the people who are around that person and really sometimes yeah. that 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 makes a difference. And yeah. I would say that probably that person felt safe. Yes. In trauma treatment there are three stages. And the first one is safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The person has to feel safe. Yeah. Physically safe, emotionally safe. The person has to be able to trust. Yeah. yeah. I mean I'm not going to open up about my trauma if I if I Feel that right. somehow I'm not safe here. That's right. yeah. So yeah. I would say that there was safety in that person mm-hmm. at that moment, yeah. and then allow that person to go to the therapy and yeah. to say, you know what, this mm-hmm. is painful, and I, yep. I want to talk to you about it. Yeah, yeah. but that's the type of person that comes to Jay Flowers, right?
2: Mm-hmm. So maybe you can explain the, to the audience briefly, Dr. Flowers, about a comprehensive diagnostic evaluation and why someone would need that.
1: Well, I think it's important to mention that a part of our 360 degree comprehensive diagnostic evaluation, that a trauma evaluation is such an important com- component because not all of us realize that we have trauma or how trauma impacts our daily lives, right. Right? right? So we want that trauma evaluation to be a part of that comprehensive approach to look and have a better, clearer understanding of really who we are and or what our true experiences have been.
2: Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Speaking of, what are your thoughts on this podcast title, Understanding the Human Condition? What does that mean to you? No,
3: uh, It means a lot to me. And I, I was reminded about uh, there is a psychiatrist I, I really like. His name is Irving Yalom. Hmm. Uh, and he wrote a book called "Labs Executioner. And in that book, uh, he talks about us therapists. And he says, you know, we shouldn't talk about them our patients, Mm -hmm. them and and their problems. Really, this is about us and our problems. And and that's the human condition, really, because Mm -hmm. all of us, Mm -hmm. whether I am a clinician or or, or a patient or a client, all of us, we are dealing with love, Mm -hmm. sadness, Mm -hmm. anger, Mm -hmm. loss, freedom, fear, I mean, th- those are known to me as much as they are known to you and yeah. to you. Right. Th- yeah, those. absolutely. And, yeah. And, so I, and we are in this sort of corner of the universe called Houston, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. doing this very intensive work
1: mm-hmm.
3: uh, with being able to develop a relationship that is going to allow a person to open up really about, about being human, mm-hmm. about curiosity, about... Connection about understanding what I feel, Mm -hmm. about resilience. I mean, and this is truly what makes us human. The ability, I mean, to relate to each other, to feel your pain, to Mm -hmm. be able to do something Mm -hmm. together, make sense, make meaning out of terrible experiences that that, that many of our clients went through. Mm -hmm. So I think that, that, I mean, to work exactly in that corner of the Mm -hmm. universe where you are doing that very intensive, uh, I mean, that's, that is that, that really were, were the privilege of being human.
2: Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. absolutely. Being I the, think we should have him on every week.
2: Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, right. Ev- everyone who's listening or watching, you can tell yeah. why we're just so excited to have you with us. Yeah. Um, and we know that you're a man who had a lot of different choices as to where you wanted to work, and the fact very, that you chose us is very excited yeah. to, says to, a lot. to be really here. Really happy right? to, to yeah.
1: have you with us. So if anyone wants to reach uh, uh any of us, really, at J. Flowers yep. Health Institute, go mm-hmm. to jflowershealth.com. Yep. And uh, you can also call us at 713-783-6655.
2: And you'll get to meet these two wonderful yes. gentlemen. We would love and to visit work with, with them. you. And I'd like to remind everyone watching or listening to us that there's numerous platforms to find our podcast, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Please share this episode on social media. Um, like it, share it, subscribe.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you for joining us Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here. Thank you. And we we
2: want to remind you a clear diagnosis is the key to the most effective treatment possible. See you next week. See you guys. See you.